Welcome to Hoopalcast. I'm your host, Matt, and joining me are my newbie co-hosts... Carol. Uh, Matt's H. <laughs> and Mel. <laughs> and we're a bunch of Hoopleheads. And this is our introductory episode, where we're just going to be basically giving some background information about the podcast and the, and the show. So, uh, we'll just start off talking about what kind of podcast this is. This is referred to as a intro cast. Basically, it's a, um, a chance for veteran viewers to introduce new viewers to one of their favorite television programs. And it's quite a popular format, because I think people generally like to share mm-hmm. their interests w- with other like-minded people. And I think everyone on here is a huge Buffy fan, right? Oh, yep. yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know about... Okay. <laughs> you prefer you prefer Angel to Buffy. Yes, I do. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> and I go back and forth about whether or not I like Buffy more than Angel. Probably the most famous intro cast, the one that has spawned several others, is the Potential Cast, the the Buffy Rewatch podcast. We're going to follow their formula, as a lot of other podcasts have done. Matt, you've done a couple podcasts in this format. I've uh, hosted a couple, which is uh, the first one is Twin Peaks podcast. I think we were the second ever intro cast because potential cast existed for quite a few years. And then I was like, I like this format and I want to listen to a podcast about Twin Peaks, but there aren't any. So I'm going to make one. And I was like, I'm going to steal their format. I asked first. They said it was okay. <laughs> but uh, as soon as I did that, yeah, intro cast started popping up everywhere. I'm surprised it took many years of them podcast like being the only introcast before it happened but maybe nobody really thought that they could it was a possible thing nobody wanted to be the first to steal somebody else did it yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah after that um we did uh, we're still doing intro to briscoe which is for briscoe county jr uh uh, bruce campbell show from the 90s only one season um and i've been a guest on many different introcasts intro to x uh, Dexter Cast. Um, the two of you were co-hosts on on a, on a fantastic podcast called. I completely forgot about that Carney Cast. <laughs> Matt, how dare you? It was years ago. <laughs> if Claire hadn't done Carney Cast, that would have been my first podcast. Yeah, because I love Carnival. Oh, it's nice. my favorite of all the HBO shows. Awesome. Mm-hmm. This would be my second favorite. Yeah, I haven't seen HBO shows because I don't have HBO. So I haven't seen Carnival. I haven't seen Deadwood. I haven't seen... Sopranos? Uh, I haven't even seen The Sopranos, yeah. Yeah, we haven't either, but we just borrowed the DVDs, so mm-hmm. we'll be watching that as well at some point. Carol, how are you going to watch Deadwood? What's your plan here? I believe it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I've got Amazon Prime. Yes, it is. And so is Carnival, so now you have no excuse. Oh, <laughs> And there's a podcast out there. I'm pretty sure it's still up. You can, you can listen along. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That'd be great. One of my problems with uh, going along with introcasts as introcasts are going is that I have a tendency to binge watch. Mm-hmm. And I, I will keep myself under control for Deadwood. I've been keeping myself under control for Freaks and Geeks, Lord knows. Um, yeah, because McKinley Cast, uh, Freaks and Geeks podcast, is one that I'm a newbie on, and we thought it would be done a year ago. <laughs> oh, and, 
and we've just it's it's only like 18 episodes or something 19 episodes something like that but we decided early on because there were so few episodes that we would have everybody at every recording and um we just had a lot of people who had different issues and you know things happening in their lives and so it's been very difficult and it's just gone on and on with large spaces so yeah yeah yeah, you record about one episode every six months, right? Seems like, uh huh. <laughs> and pretty much, pretty much every Sunday, I'll I'll send out to everybody. So, are we recording tonight? <laughs> and then I get, oh, everybody will be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one person will be like, oh, I can't. So mm-hmm. they're like, okay, next week. And we used to try and figure out, oh, maybe during the week we can get together. We found that just didn't work. So. Yeah. But uh, McKinley Cast, the Freaks and Geeks podcast, is another in a long line of intro casts, which follows the formula of a, of a host who's seen the show, newbie co-hosts who have not, and then we try to get guests on, hopefully guests who haven't seen it too, so we can all kind of re-watch the show together. And it's fun for us veteran viewers because we get to re-experience the show through a new person's eyes. That's a, one of the, the great um, boons of potential cast is... As veterans, we know what's coming, and we can't wait till everyone else finds out. <laughs> so. so true. So true. Sometimes that's infuriating, waiting for those big moments for the newbies to reach them. Yeah, it's always difficult getting through those first seasons of shows when they're still trying to find themselves. Yeah. Carol will be watching the show on Amazon Prime, where a lot of HBO's older catalog is available. For Amazon Prime subscribers, Matt and Mel have the DVDs, I have the Blu-ray. HBO subscribers can watch along with us on HBO Go, which is their on-demand service. And starting next year, or this year sometime, you'll be able to get HBO Go without a cable subscription. Something that they announced last year. But if there's anybody out there who needs access to the show, is having a difficult time finding it, just contact me privately, and uh, I'll try and help you out. I'm sure you can also check your local library. They have box sets available. That was how I watched the one episode I've watched was they actually, at the library, they had uh, VHS tapes way back when. <laughs> and uh, I, they were kind of random, though. I couldn't tell what season they were or anything else. And I got one out, started to watch it, realized that, uh-oh, this is not going to work around my small child and my elderly mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, n- I never realized there was a VHS release. I'm pretty sure it was a VHS tape. It may have been a it may have been a DVD, but I my memory says VHS. Hmm, perhaps it was like a bootleg. <laughs> Found its way to the shelf. <laughs> Cuz the show premiered in 2004. I don't think they were still releasing things on VHS in 2004. Eh, maybe my memory is faulty. It's It's been a while. Or it wasn't a real library. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy's garage. You were in a Chinese uh, black market, weren't you? <laughs> oh, hush. <laughs> well, let's... Um, so, Carol, you've seen one episode. Is that all you've, you've seen? That's all I've seen. I've seen... And it was from a random season. At the time, I I literally... You know, I thought, oh... I guess this is from the first season, and then I watched it, and I'm like, this seems like it's from somewhere in the middle of a 
thing. I have no idea. So I don't know what season it was from. I remember very little about it. There was a saloon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't surprise me a whole lot. Um, and the lead fellow, what is his name? Ian. Ian McShane. Ian McShane was in it. I remember that much. I remember the general language. And that's about it. Other than that, I do know of one actor who was on it and how that actor's character died and what place he died in. And that's only because I follow that actor and just ran across that a couple of years ago. So that's all I know about it. And uh, the two of yous, yous guys? Nothing for me. Nothing? I barely know anything about it besides just, hearing the name one time. I just know there's cowboy hats in it. That's yeah. All I know. <laughs> And now you know there's a saloon. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm starting to get to know the props. Building spoilers. <laughs> if a saloon only shows up in one episode, I'll be extremely surprised. The, there are a lot of... There, well, there are like three saloons in the show. <laughs> there you, mean, you go. You mean it's not like Briscoe where they just use the same saloon and dress it up different ways? No, they pretty much stay in one location. Uh which is Deadwood. Which, it would, which would be Deadwood. Hence the name. <laughs> I have been to Deadwood. That's pretty cool. I'd like to go. Oh, it's a real place. So where is it? It's in South Dakota. It's in your heart. Aww. It, it's in the Black Hills. Ah. And it, uh, I mean, it's very touristy in its, you know, way. Because it of was, the show or because of no, just, just you know, well, the history of the, of the place? Okay. Yeah, this, when I visited it, it was long, long before the show. It was, um, oh my goodness. It was a very long time ago. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. So is any of the show based on, like, real people and, and occurrences and stuff, or is it all fictional? It's mostly based on, on real, real people. There are real people, there are fictional people, there are people that are, like, composites of a couple different folks. Mm. Well, let's let's talk about the um, let's talk about Deadwood itself, the the place. As, as Carol mentioned, it's in a it's in South Dakota in a place called the Black Hills. Well, the series takes place after the signing of the Fort Laramie Treaty in 1868, in which the United States gave back land to the Lakota tribe. Uh, this this information I have they they refer to the native peoples in the area as the Sioux, but then I had just read something last night where the the tribes in the area never called themselves Sioux. They thought that was an insult. So I'm trying to think in my head, like, should I call them Indian? Should I say Native American? Should I say First Nation people? Should I call them Sioux? Should I call them Lakota? I don't want to offend anyone, I want to, but I want to be accurate. Don't call them the Red Man. <laughs> what the savage Red Man? Don't call them that. Don't call them that. <laughs> they call them that on the show. They call them uh, heathens oh, and, and dirt worshippers. Um, heathen cocksuckers. They, um, David Milch talks about this in his commentary, how calling them heathens dehumanizes them, and it makes it easier for them to uh, sleep at night in the midst of their, of their genocide. Hmm. Yeah, I, w I would think that the word savages would be more common than heathen, but in order to, in order to dehumanize somebody... Well, a lot of, I could see the whole heathen thing, a lot of religious, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a justification for doing things to various other peoples 
Mm-hmm. It happened on in the slave trade. It happened with the Native Americans, where the fact that they were not Christians was used as justification for slavery because you were bringing them into uh, a righteous life mm-hmm. by as long as you taught them Christianity, it justified whatever else you were doing to them. Yeah. I think, too, like, they used religion to acquire a greater, you know, like a... They wanted to take their land, you know, they wanted... I like where you're living, I want that place, but, you know, I'm gonna, like... (laughs) So, what happens is, in 1868, the United States signs a a treaty at Fort Laramie with the Lakota Sioux, and gives back the Black Hills, says, all right, uh, this, this is your land, no whites are allowed to settle here, but General Custer led an expedition into the Black Hills, and... They found gold there, and the government could not keep the white people out of the Black Hills because they wanted that gold. So they went into the into the hills, and they were treaty violators. And I think in the first episode, they even Elsewhere Engine even says, "Oh, we're, you know, we are treaty violators. We are trespassing on Indian land. We are we are lawbreakers." So Deadwood exists outside of the United States in in the Dakota Territory. They are on Indian land. They're not supposed to be there. And they do not have the protection of the United States government. Oh, that's an interesting premise. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is that this show doesn't really have any Native American characters. I think you see one during the whole course of the show. Oh, I hope he's played by Michael Horse. <laughs> is that uh, Hawk from Twin Peaks? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Deadwood is, it's a lawless place. There is, there's no law, there's no property rights. If you own a claim if you're working on on the claim, the gold, the, the site where you're, you're digging the gold. As soon as you leave, it can belong to somebody else. So people go there to make their fortune because you can make millions. But you're, it's also very unsafe. It's like a libertarian paradise. <laughs> I was reading a, an article in Rolling Stone last year called uh, Last Tango in Kabul in Afghanistan. And it was all about how Westerners went to Kabul where uh, they got a lot of money for reconstruction and they would just give out grants to people who feel like, oh, I want to build a, a hospital. I want to build a school. I want to start a, a charity or film a movie or what they just, they just gave money away like willy nilly. If you had an idea you, and nothing got built, but you could go there like in your twenties or thirties and just make millions after a couple years, wow. of, you know, pilfering, but it was same kind of environment as Deadwood. It was there was it was dangerous, especially for for a Westerner. In fact, I have this uh, quote here. And when I was reading this article, I was thinking, "Oh, this sounds so much like Deadwood." A heady mix of entitlement, adrenaline, and alcohol led to plenty of fistfights, adultery, and general bad behavior. Like the contractor who, to one up his drunken buddies, fired his pistol through the roof of a cab, or the time my friends and I accidentally burned down a warlord's cottage. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so, same, same kind of environment, except that was taking place in the late 20th century, and, and this is the late 19th century. I hope there are warlords in uh, Deadwood. <laughs> <laughs> there are some pretty shady characters. <laughs> I want to see cottages burnt down. <laughs> I'm not sure they're going to have cottages. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be amazing, though, like maybe. like cowboys living in cottages. Oh, that maybe. should be the t- title of a different show, <laughs> Cowboys in Cottages. <laughs> maybe somebody's outhouse will get burnt down. Oh, yeah! <laughs> or a shack. Or... Yeah. Oh, my tool shed. <laughs> well, a lot of people lived, uh, the miners lived in tents, 
right on top of their claim because they couldn't leave. Yeah. And then after that, they would build little uh, huts with dirt floors, and they would stay in that. It's kind of like Minecraft. (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) Minecraft may have gotten their idea from it. Maybe. (laughs) All right, we've established Deadwood is Minecraft. Deadwood is Minecraft, yes. (laughs) No, I can't wait. (laughs) So what what is it like? This is like 1890s? It's 1876. Oh, and 1877, okay. I believe, are the two the two years in which the show takes place. Okay. And I would think that we would have a whole Civil War veterans thing going on. Oh, yes. Doc Cochran, who's played by Brad Dourif, is a Civil War vet, very haunted by the, the fact that he couldn't save any lives. Hmm. Any? No, I'm sure he saved one or two. <laughs> He's a bad Comparative, dog. considering what happened in the Civil War, maybe not. <laughs> I was reading about how... And I'll post this on the Facebook group, too. But how many lives were lost due to infection? Yeah. And that there was a whole backlash against sterilization. Mm -hmm. Even though it was pretty well proven at this point that sterilization prevents infection. I'm not surprised. People are so stupid. They maintained this idea that, no, that's not important. Yeah. (laughs) Don't wash your hands. I know that they got to the point in the Civil War where if you were wounded... They would just hack off your limb most of the time because they were so used to it getting infected and stuff that, mm. you know. And you'd still run the chance of getting infected even if you hack off a limb, infection can still set in in there. Yeah, yeah true, but then they cauterize it or whatever and, you know. It, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it was horrible. I know that I've seen the same kind of statistics where they talk about um, a whole lot more people died of illness and infection than died on the battlefield. And yet, you read these these things of these battlefields and there were like thousands upon thousands of people killed in every battle. It was just insane. So a little stat here that in the Civil War, for every soldier killed in battle, two more died of infectious diseases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's awful. So that would have been like 12 years before that would have ended around 12 years before uh, Deadwood starts. I think it ended in 1865, right? May 9th, 1865. We can talk about the profanity in the show, because that's kind of what Deadwood is most known for. Ah, my virgin ears! <laughs> yeah, I hope nobody has a problem with uh, a lot of cussing. No. No, no. No, I don't. One of the things I talked to host Matt about was, um, I was afraid I was just going to get really kind of bored with their language, because it's so repetitive. Huh? But I'm hoping that it just becomes kind of like white noise, mm-hmm. where you just listen to what they're saying and you don't worry about the fact that their vocabulary is really limited. Yeah. Yep. I was getting... worried about it being kind of like a, listening to a teenager who's constantly saying like, uh, uh, like, you know, uh, uh, like, like he did it then and like, uh, you know, you know what's what worse I mean? than, <laughs> what's worse than that is teenagers who instead of say, saying, uh, they replace that with fucking. Like, I went to the fucking uh, mall and the fucking. I did this. The fucking. Oh, lowest form of human. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to keep calling you host, Matt, I'm going to get freaked out because that sounds like some sort of scary monster. Yeah, that sounds like it from uh, the X Files. Fluke Man's cousin. We're going to call you Fluke Man. <laughs> <laughs> you were worried that the profanity limited their vocabulary, the characters on the show. And that's definitely not the case. These are some very verbose people. 
Mm-hmm. It's more like they punctuate certain certain words, certain sentences with their their fuckings, and and some characters hardly swear at all. Some swear a lot, and I, it's really a kind of a class divide. Those that are of a lower station, more disenfranchised, tend to swear more than those that are higher, I suppose. And it kind of those that do not use so much profanity tend to be the outsiders. I'm going to quote David Milch here. Men are also embarrassed to be using language at all. Language feels like an alternative to action, rather than a form of action, so there is a certain sheepishness about it. One of the reasons that so many of the characters, men and women, resort to so much profanity is that as a way of disavowing that passivity of language, which might unman them. (laughs) That's kind of weird. (laughs) You must constantly be acting if you are a man. (laughs) Well, I I think when people swear, they, they become more agitated, their whole body posture sometimes changes. They kind yeah. of puff themselves up, they look bigger, which might be in a, in a rough, tough environment like this. You have to, so you don't look so meek and mild. Okay, so if we're, like, getting bugged by all the, the swearing, we just should just, like, imagine big uh, peacock feathers on all the dudes. I, I think that, that that's not a bad comparison. <laughs> I mean, you still have people who who, you know, one of the things... To look tough or to seem tough is to swear and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And there's debate about whether or not the profanity is historically accurate. Mm. If they really swore as much as they, they do on the show. And even the type of swear words that they use might not be historically accurate. Right. Milch has always said that it provides kind of a an entry for the viewer into this environment. It makes you kind of complicit in just how dangerous and unrefined it all is. Mm-hmm. I did read one thing about that Milch had said about the language. Um, and now that you're mentioning it, I remember him reading something about that the swearing had a tendency, well, swearing is a misnomer because of what he's saying, that it was not religion-based, that it was not profanity, and that he made it a point for it to be anatomical bad language rather than religiously based. So not taking the Lord's name in vain, not, you know, that whole kind of thing. Now we kind of lump it all together. Right, like not saying God damn it, more saying fucking. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So if somebody does say God damn it in the show, does everyone just like go... <gasps> <laughs> They got all taken aback. Uh, I don't. No, I don't really know if that word comes up. Oh, they just completely avoid it. Yeah, I. I don't know. I can't. Uh-huh. I can't recall. Uh, there's a lot of fucking. There's a lot of cocksucker. And cunt is a real popular one too. Does religion play a part at all in the show? There is a reverend. Okay. But most of the characters are not religious. Okay. Though there were churches in the camp. the The thing about the the series is that it takes place. And it primarily in an area of the camp called the Badlands. This is where the, the saloons were, the theaters, the brothels. But there was a whole other section of the of the camp, the town that we don't see, and that's where the the churches would be. Because mm. I have a, a book. It's called Old Deadwood Days, and it's by a, a woman who grew up in Deadwood right around this time. So it's it's written as as a girl from a kind of refined family. Her her father was a judge. So her point of view, it's a little different from the show. <laughs> a lot different. Yeah. So 
you get the sense that there was a this whole other community that existed in reality that's not represented, but they had churches, they had functions, operas, plays, legitimate theater. Mm. Interesting. A, a kind of a culture that you're not going to get a sense of on this series. I think, Matt, uh, you asked if how much of this is based on reality and how much of it is fiction. Yeah. I'd say it's, it starts with, with real people and real events and then kind of diverges. Mm. It's Deadwood fan fiction. It's embellishment. <laughs> There's a lot of embellishment. Well, historical fiction. Yeah. Yeah, and it, but it comes from a true place. Historical yeah. fan fiction. <laughs> I wonder if that is a thing. <laughs> probably. Well, every period of history has their fans, that's for sure. It's probably some wicked Julius Caesar fan fiction. Ooh. <laughs> the Society for Creative Anachronisms creates fan fiction every time they meet. <laughs> oh, one of the characters is Calamity Jane. You, you, I don't know, maybe you've heard the name before. I have. It's almost impossible to nail down what is true and what is false, because she would invent stories. She was She's described as kind of like a bullshit artist. Mm-hmm. She would invent whole scenarios when she wasn't even there, or she didn't do that. or So depending on, on who you are, you know, we're not even sure how she spelled her real name, where she got the name Calamity. No one's really sure. There's no real consensus. That's the problem with, like, some histories that sometimes... There's a lot of embellishments, so people don't really know what's true and what's not, unless you have a source to back it up. So before I, we started this podcast, I was researching and I was reading different books, and I could go, I could read three books about Calamity Jane, and it's like, how much of this is am I going to really need for the for the purposes of this? Yes, and I could just go down this rabbit hole of history, and at the end, I still don't really know if what I'm reading is factual, mm-hmm. unless I read three or four different books and and find find where the truth is, but I can't do that on every character and every topic. I'm pretty sure there would just be crazy. I'm pretty sure there was a stuff you missed in history class about Calamity Jane and I'm pretty sure they were talking about that, about how she she would do that, just say things that were not necessarily true or whatever. Also a lot of these people had what you would call biographers, what they call biographers. We wouldn't call them biographers now. We would call them, you know, fiction writers who would grab a hold of some colorful character and then they would put out just these stories about them that were totally made up and then they would become bestsellers and this person would go on tour and, you know, they'd go along with whatever stories were put out about them. So there was like a whole cottage industry of of these colorful Western types that, you know, were brought around on... Like uh, the Wild West shows and that kind of thing. It was romanticized. Oh, yeah. 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 And heightened. Yeah. And in many cases, just cut out of whole cloth, just total fiction. So an, an example of just kind of how this series bends the truth, the character of Al Swearingen is American, but because they cast actor Ian McShane, who's English, David Milch decided to make the character have an English backstory. Hmm. But it, the character Al Swearingen is still real. He still owns the gem, but he's not. It's not quite historically accurate. Hmm. And we'll we'll talk more about individual characters and what's real and what's not real, uh, what's accurate, and not accurate, as we kind of get into it. So what you're saying is, don't use anything you see on Deadwood on a history test. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Probably shouldn't. <laughs> we were talking about the profanity, but we should also. I should say that the language is very verbose. It's Colorful, flowery, 
Oh. Particularly as the show goes on, it becomes almost operatic, theatrical. I've heard the word Shakespearean bandied about. Characters tend to monologue. They have soliloquies. It's allegorical. I was going to ask you if they ramble, like, I don't know. I was just thinking of, like, Victorian-type writing, like Dickens or whatever. Because <laughs> Dickens kind of tends to ramble. <laughs> I, I think that you'll find that to be the case in okay. some instances. <laughs> when I was watching the the series last year on my, my rewatch in preparation for this podcast, there were occasions where I would watch a scene and I would get the gist of it, but I wouldn't quite grasp everything that was said. So I would stop it, I would look up the transcript online, and then I would read through it, and it would take me a couple times before I got to the point, before I could really grasp what they were they were talking about. So do you think that someone that has a hard time with uh, Shakespearean things, do you think that they would, they could grasp the show at all, or? I think they could get the broad strokes, but they may not get the individual beats. Because I'm a big dummy, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Matt specifically. (laughs) He's always like, oh, Shakespeare, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one thing that we'll be doing on the podcast is unpacking those really dense scenes and talking uh, talking through the dialogue and you know what what did Al mean when he said such and such I can't give examples right now I wish I could so there are certain scenes that really stand out in my mind as being just great material for actors because they are so it, it's not like you think Carol where it's just elementary school language it's very very elevated particularly as the show goes on sounds great to me I'm a Shakespeare nerd and you know acting nerd and stuff if you are if you are a language person, I am. You will love De- Deadwood. Yeah, I'm a language person. Especially, as I said, especially as it goes on. I, I watched the pilot again last night, and it doesn't have the same rhythm as the later seasons. How does HBO work uh, for pilots? Do they? Is it like any other thing where uh, people make a pilot and then it gets picked up? And then they make more generally like months after the pilot was created, or do they order the whole series and do it all in one, or what? They um, produce the pilot, and then they look at it, and then they, they decide if they want to go forward or not. Okay. So, but does HBO like take it upon themselves to produce these shows, or are they produced elsewhere and HBO picks them up? Mostly, they they finance. Okay. With a with a production company, they always come up with their own stuff. HBO has aired some English and Australian shows. Yeah. But then they bill them as HBO original shows, kind of like how uh, Netflix has, I think it's The Fall. I think it's an English program, but they always say that Netflix original series. Okay. No, it's not, but I know that Carnival completely redid their pilot. Brother Justin was way farther along in his development. He didn't have a sister. They basically reshot all of his stuff. Mm. And then they added the Dreyfus family. Mm. That was a good ad. It was a real good ad. (laughs) It was really smart. Yeah. And there was a pilot for the the corrections, the John, Jonathan Franzen? Franzen? I think it is Jonathan Franzen. Jonathan Franzen. Yeah, they, they shot a pilot because they were going to adapt that book into a series. Uh, Ewan McGregor was in it. Mm. Then they looked at it and they thought, no, we don't, it's not good enough. Huh. So they totally dropped it. Huh. So how many seasons did you say there were? Three? There are three seasons. Okay. Twelve episodes each. Oh, it's not a lot. No. No. Just one season longer than Carnival. Well, you got me all excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah. Let's fucking do this. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. That's the spirit. (laughs) That should be our rallying cry. (laughs) We're going to be following the the intro cast format of 
pick your favorite character of the episode, pick your favorite quote, pick a couple quotes, come prepared with multiple quotes, because I'll have, like, tons, and I don't want to be the only one <laughs> saying, like, five to six quotes. Okay. <laughs> you guys need to help me out here. Mel loves her quotes. I love my quotes. Quotes are, quotes are my favorite part of every podcast. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I'll, I'll be posting links ahead of each episode to transcripts, which can help you okay. pick stuff out. Then you won't have to copy them down. You can just copy-paste them into a okay, that'd be good. notepad Are or we going to uh, do impressions of while we do quotes? <laughs> uh, you can if you want yeah. to. We should make it a rule where you have to try your best impression. I'm terrible at impressions. <laughs> so am I, but it's still fun. Failing is funny. Failing? I'm bad at impressions as well. <laughs> Well, we can make it a, you know, do it if you feel like it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, you should do it in the same spirit of, of how it's said. Yes. But you don't have to adopt the accent. Yes. So yeah. at least if you want to do it in the same spirit, then. Don't just read it, like, with a monotone voice. Are we going to do, like, um, I guess, that I was going to say, are we going to do, like, winners and losers, but that'd be, like, your favorite characters, I guess. Yeah, I figured we'd do, do favorite character. Um, I put a call out on the group if anyone had some ideas of, of other segments that we could do. I can't think of what, what's really necessary. Because your, your episode highlight, that might, that's probably going to be whatever scene you pick your character from. Yeah. So that'd be kind of redundant. Yeah. But if you guys have ideas, feel free to float them. Okay. One thing um, I thought we would do is predict the body count for the next episode. <laughs> That's something that uh, they do on the Beyond the Wall Game of Thrones podcast, and usually they they are way off. <laughs> so if you guys want to, uh, why don't we go around alphabetically? Is it Price is Right rules? You mean closest without going over? Yeah. No. Oh. Because you're just going to say one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then the next person says two, and the next person says three. Yeah, don't go ridiculously under. Uh, you'll be a chump. <laughs> I would always say, like, a thousand. <laughs> it's not going to be a thousand. Oh. <laughs> so, Carol, how many how many uh, people do you think are going to meet their maker at the, uh, by the end of the pilot? By the end of the pilot. The pilot is how long? An hour? An hour. Or, well, 48 minutes. Or... Are there commercials on HBO? No. So, an hour is a real hour? On this show? An hour's a real hour. Yeah, not all episodes are an hour. I think some are some are 50 minutes, but I believe this one goes like an hour. Okay. Um, a full hour. I'm going to say six people. Got you down for six. Matt? I was going to say seven, but now I feel like an asshole for saying it. Um, <laughs> I'll say... You could, you could say, you say whatever you want. <sighs> you could say seven. Because <sighs> we're not going to the... We're going to try and get it right on the button, right? Are there any big battles in this series? Is there any, like, wars? Hey. wars? Hey, that's cheating. <laughs> that's, that's cheating. Uh, um, I'll, I'll be bold. I'll go nine. I'm going to be really bold and say that at least, like, 40 people will die. I think it's just going to be a battlefield. <laughs> I don't think this is going to be... I don't think there will be any battles. Any Like, there might be no, an occasional shootout. Be, no, it's going to be, like, a shootout like with, like, uh, 100 people and, like, <laughs> almost half of them will be dead. Okay, so... I, I just, I'm just thinking, I just really, like, am hoping for an epic pilot. Okay, I know so it's not going to be like that. Episode 2. Realistically, probably maybe three people, but... I, my best, my hope is that it will be 40 people. But are you going to three? No, I, I can go to 43. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, 
or, or these are these are on screen deaths, by the way. So if there if you hear about a battle that happened off screen, <laughs> okay, you have to. That doesn't count. Right. It counts in my heart. <laughs> I'm, I'm, You're gonna go with forty, okay? Yes. I'm picturing a gunfight amongst people over a claim type thing, you know, where you get a couple people shooting at each other and you know, maybe a few times type thing. Hmm. Okay, a dispute over a claim ends in gunfire is Carol's prediction. Mm-hmm. You guys have any predictions? Mm, that's a pretty solid one. Um, somebody's going to get too drunk, and they're going to call out somebody else into the street, and there's going to be a showdown, and that'll account for two of the deaths. One uh-huh. of the deaths. One yes, of- <laughs> 38 to go. <laughs> so drunken disagreement leads to... A showdown. Showdown. This is this is guessing based like knowing nothing about this. And uh, yeah. there's going to be uh, multiple explosions resulting in several more deaths. <laughs> it resulting in forty three deaths. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, thirty eight because there's already two people that are dead. Okay. Yes. Well, and plus okay, maybe so Mel predicts... like one person. So third, like that died for like Carol's thing. So probably thirty seven. Okay. Like people died. Thirty seven. Thirty seven. You're amending to thirty seven. No, no. Predicting that in the explosions, people die, 37 people die. Mel predicts fiery like three apocalypse. Other people die, like, for, 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 from other causes, yes. <laughs> do, we know what, do we know what the population of Deadwood was at this point? <laughs> that, that might have some bearing on... For, 40, population 40 people. <laughs> it's, it's a show about ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I do have that fact written down somewhere, but I don't think I can pull it up and very quickly. This camp, before it became a town, became very quickly populated because of all the people who went out there to right. get the gold. And they crowded themselves actually into like several different camps before they all became incorporated into Deadwood. I think one was called Elizabeth. Now you've got me started on this history. Would it be spoilery if we looked at the actual history of Deadwood? As opposed to anything to do with the TV show. Yeah, I think you you would be spoiled because there are certain there are certain main like big events that are represented on okay. on the show. One of the fun things that we would do as fans when we were watching for the first time, I watched this by the way. I, I forgot to say uh, when it originally aired. This is right when right in the time when I thought HBO could do no wrong and anything that showed up on the sh- on the network I wanted to watch until they canceled Carnival and then they canceled this and uh, I boycotted the network for like ten years. <laughs> wow, that's a long time. You put a flaming bag of poop on their doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot my original point. Looking at the history of Deadwood. Oh yeah, one of the things that we did when we watched the show for the first time is. In between seasons, we would try to guess what was going to come up by looking at the history and looking back at old newspaper articles, headlines, thinking, oh, this is a this is an interesting case. Maybe they'll do this story. And then we would follow the casting and say, yeah, they're definitely going to do that murder or that, you know, whatever. And it didn't always, didn't often or always happen. Hmm. Didn't always play out that way. Hmm. But I would avoid history spoilers, too. Yeah, the only one I remember is the famous one in the saloon with, Dead man's hand. Yeah. La, 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 No, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> if you don't already know, if you don't already know about it, then it's not I've spoiled. Already, I've already forgotten what you said. <laughs> well, don't repeat it. <laughs> Was that the one you were saying you, you were already aware of? No, no. That's, no, this is a historical thing. Okay. I don't know if it would be on the show or not. 
It's just, if you don't know what I'm referring to, then it's not a spoiler. And if you do know what I'm referring to, you already knew what happened in Deadwood. I can't find the population at the time, but I did find this little factoid, that in 1877, Deadwood was home to about 75 establishments calling themselves saloons. (laughs) Wow. 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 75 saloons in, like, the second year. Wow. Wow. crazy. And that probably would have been within a a very small little area. There were so many saloons that they just started numbering them. (laughs) Saloon number one. Saloon number two. (laughs) Ah, ah, ah. Nice. You should get get, uh, people to submit their own guesses for how how many deaths. Or I guess you wouldn't be able to verify that those people hadn't seen it before. Well, we'll let our guests offer their uh, body count predictions and other predictions. Mm. Awesome. So, let's see. So who's going to count the bodies every week? I've already counted them. Oh, you've counted them? You've got like a spreadsheet or something? I've just, I've taken notes on every episode as I did my rewatch last year, and as I went through, I just like, oh, there's one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Kind of okay. like what we did with the uh, thumb, Cooper thumbs up in the Twin Peaks podcast. <laughs> yeah. If I do a, a Twin Peaks rewatch, I'm counting those logging trucks. Nice. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure things will occur to us as we go. As newbies, we don't really have enough background to be able to know what what's appropriate or anything. Right. And I don't want to give too much away. Nope. So I have, like, lots of things to say, but I don't want to spoil any anyone. Well, you'll get your chance as we go. Cause yep, as we as we get going, I can drop stuff in. Yeah, it sounds like you've got some really interesting stuff to lay on us. Host Matt dropping truth bombs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Pilot's Called Deadwood. We'll record it on February 8th. 3 p.m. Eastern or 4 p.m. Eastern. Feedback can be sent to hooplecast at gmail.com. The website's hooplecast.com. That's where the uh, archived episodes and my various resources, I'll be throwing everything up there. And, of course, the Facebook group. That's where all the discussion is, fun times. If you have any people to invite into the group, especially people who have never seen the show, those are the the best people to get watching. I still don't know what a hoople is. You'll find out. (laughs) <laughs> None of us know what a hoople is. As a matter of fact, I mentioned Hooplecast on Sue Watches Buffy, and they were trying to figure out what a hoople cat, what a hoople was, or why. Sounds like some sort of crafting implement. <laughs> no, it sounds like some sort of like um, similar to um, a fraggle or something. <laughs> oh yeah, like a doozer. I don't know. A what? Isn't that what they're called? The little builder guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Aren't they called Fraggle Rock? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Have you guys ever seen Fraggle Rock? It's been forever. Okay. (laughs) Hmm. Anyways. Um, Yeah, I mean, it sounds kind of like somebody's name that's supposed to be like a farmer out in the sticks somewhere. You know, Edward Hoople's. I want, no, I want, like, I want Hoople's to be like doozers. And just like, they have like this like little secret underworld underneath uh, Deadwood. Where it's just like tiny little creatures building things. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're the ones that are like kind of uncovering the gold and then people <laughs> steal it away from them. And they're like, damn you! Stop stealing our gold! <laughs> <laughs> and okay, they have no I, there's actually such a thing as pooples. 
Is it is it better to let Mel down easy now and let her know that this is not a science fiction show? Or no, I think let her keep going. Should we just let her go? Let her invent her own reality. I'm gonna hold out hope for as long as the series is alive. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Does anyone have anything else to plug before we before we call it? All right. Well, hooplecast.com, that's where all the information is. All the links to everything important. So if you remember one thing, just remember that. And we'll see you later in the camp. Yay! Bye. I'm going to go hang out yeah. with hoopals. <laughs> just going to go on a hoople hunt. Yeah, hoople hunt. I'm going to bring a jar and a butterfly net. <laughs> that could be our album art. Yes. Oh my god. Just me with like a, a like a grizzled prospector with a with a butterfly net. Oh my god! <laughs> Trying to catch all the fools. <laughs> they actually know they're like they've got like a like you know the gold pin and they're like shaking it and they find like a little hoople in there. And they're like, ah, oh, what the heck is this? And then they put it in a jar. Yeah. Oh. Tell you you're no good
I, I really like history, um, mm. and uh, sometimes I remember dates, and sometimes I don't. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, usually I'll... Bye, Carol. Bye. <laughs> it doesn't say she, she's it, it seems just like she, fl- like, f- just... <laughs> floats away? Floats away, <laughs> or just, like, kind of, like, Star Trek's out of... <laughs> oh, yeah, she- if you can't get around to editing her her dropouts completely, you should uh, put the transporter sound in whenever she gets <laughs> she gets transported away. Yes, I like it. I might, yeah. <laughs> uh, I also have to edit out all my pauses. Like, what was I saying? Yeah, it's going to be easier when we're actually doing the episode. I think because then we could just go scene by scene. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whereas I'm trying to think of like all the background and how much do I want to bore people to death and how much is necessary information so that they can really appreciate what's happening. You can yeah. always like like when you're editing though you can always like just re-listen to what you've edited and yeah, you decide can, like this is interesting this is yeah, you probably can, not. Oh yeah I can drop I can yeah. drop shit in. Cut out yeah. huge chunks of our conversation if they're if, they're, if they drag. <laughs> oh that'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> but it might it might end up in like a blooper thing at the end. <laughs> Seems yeah. to be a real popular thing. I like it when podcasts go on tangents. The <laughs> Supernatural cast, Idiot cast, their first season, they had a tangent bell, like a cowbell that they rang every time somebody went on a tangent. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I don't like that. I like the tangents. Yeah. It, 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 it makes it lead, more personal. Yeah, it can lead to interesting conversations. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> be a tangent kazoo. <laughs> I like it. I more guess- like a triangle. I, I guess I guess it's risky though because people tune in because they want to hear about a specific topic and if you veer off of it, there's no guarantee that whoever's listening is interested in what you've. Well, chances are people would be interested in history if they watch Deadwood. Well, yeah, history is you know? fine. I'm just talking yeah. about if we start talking about other TV shows and stuff. Well, whatever. I mean, people like to find out about different TV shows too. Yeah. So some people do. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. Screw the people that are complaining or whatever. You do your thing, and if, it, if people like it, don't like it, that's their problem. Fuck them all. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the spirit. Now you're getting the spirit of the show. Yeah! That's, <laughs> I'd fit right in. <laughs> that's your resolution for 2015? Yeah. Curse more? No, well, Just yes. Just fuck everyone. Fuck everyone. Not literally. <laughs> oh, yes, that is my resolution, just to fuck everyone. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Oh. <laughs> you back, well, Carol? I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad I'm so far away, then. <laughs> okay. <laughs>